0: Hello, this is Unconvinced, the podcast where we critically examine positions that are either not so obviously obvious, extremely extreme, or uncontroversially controversial, and we probably come to absolutely no conclusion at all about them. We are Mark Reese, Jason Werbeloff, hi Mark, and Roman Kabanak. Good day. This episode is called Non-Consensual Male Circumcision, where we look at male circumcision that is non-consensual. Uh, let's just uh, do a little survey. Amongst us, who is circumcised? I'm, c- I'm circumcised, raising I'm, hand. I'm circumcised. I'm
1: not. You know, would you like to be? No. <laughs> would you like to have
0: been? No, certainly not. Because I I'm okay having been circumcised. And I'm fi- I'm glad that I was. Really, I'm I'm really just okay. In fact, I do sometimes think that it would be lovely if I could not be circumcised for a little bit just to know what it was like. Sure, sure. And if I wasn't circumcised, I don't know whether I would choose to be circumcised. In fact I'm pretty sure I would choose not to be circumcised. If you weren't. You wouldn't
1: in other words you wouldn't choose today to be circumcised. No. If you weren't today. Yeah, would you? Um yeah, so if I if I had never been circumcised I wouldn't choose to be circumcised now either. But I'm very glad that I was circumcised before I had to make that choice. Why? Health benefits and hygiene benefits are my two major reasons
0: well, uh, h- hygiene benefits because you have to spend less time washing your wang right and health benefits so there 's a lower chance of HIV
1: transmission and other stis and for some of us who live interesting sex lives that 's an advantage I think it 's calling us boring <laughs> <laughs> no no I, you might be one All of those some
0: you know so certainly the way i mean so even if a person were uncircumcised, they could mitigate risks for sexually transmitted diseases or infections with
1: condoms. Sure, to some degree. Um, But a lot of people find condom use um, unsatisfying. Yeah. And um, even though you might use condoms for certain sexual activities like vaginal or anal sex, you might not use it for oral sex. And your risk of getting um, other STIs from oral sex is much higher if you do have a foreskin.
2: But let's just go back to, to your original claim was that you're happy you are circumcised now because you have an interesting sex life. They didn't do that sp- to protect you from
1: your interesting sex life. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we should talk to my parents. <laughs> um, they did it for cultural reasons. Right. So they Jews. did it. Correct. So I was born into a Jewish family and they Th- circumcised. That's the same reason I was circumcised. Okay. But that's a, a consequence.
2: The consequence is you're able to lead this interesting sex life and the harm is somehow mitigated.
1: Well, it's, I mean, it, it just reduces things. risk. It reduces yeah. the risk. Yeah. Right. Not um, eliminates, but reduces. Do you think it's important, the intention... Of circumcising a baby? Um, so it depends what our question is. Is the question, should you circumcise a baby? And if it's a should question, then it's a moral question. And if it's a moral question, then I'm going to answer it by referencing consequences, not intentions.
0: And one of the consequences you're going to look at is, as you mentioned, the health issues. But Correct. Those health issues and the risk don't come into play until you're sexually active. Correct.
1: Right. So I'm looking at long-term consequences.
0: In which case it would, wouldn't make a difference to health benefits if somebody was circumcised later on in life where they could consent or withhold consent or do it freely until they've started to pursue sexual activity. So what I'm saying is you could hold off right. on circumcising somebody until they're at a later age if sure. health benefits were the only issue. That makes sense, but uh, the problem with that argument is
1: that for um, needle and surgery phobes like me, um, it would be a major problem to go and get circumcised today. It's a very painful operation for an adult to undergo. And that pain is unconscious to me when I'm a child. Uh, I have no recollection of it. Uh, Even at the time, you might say that I have uh, far less suffering than I would have when I'm older because pain receptors haven't formed in the same ways yet. And I don't have the cognitive um, discussion around it in my head around, oh my God, I'm going to go and get circumcised and it's going to hurt so much. The baby does none of that. So there's no preemptive. Of uh, suffering, and afterwards the baby doesn't think about it as much as, as I would today. Hopefully, so so, and it, it would really cut into my sexual experience for for quite a while. I don't know what the recovery period is for. I think it's six weeks. Yeah, very very painful six weeks. I've heard it's horrific. Um, so I would choose not to do it today, but I would wish that I had been circumcised as a child. My previous partner. Um, He was uncircumcised um, and he wished that he had been and was angry with his parents for not having circumcised him
0: as a baby. I'm angry with my parents for almost everything they did. (laughs) They didn't necessarily do anything wrong. But I think the resentment
2: is unavoidable. If we assume the health consequences are what you say they are, what do you think about the... uh, Yes, okay, you're not interested in, in intentions at all
1: of why people would want to circumcise a baby. Not when it comes to morality, no. Nothing to do with morality. No. I mean, so, so <clears throat> some philosophers think uh, intention <clears throat> is important.
2: Well, um, I would think it's, I'm not a philosopher, uh, unlike you two, but I do think intention should be important. <clears throat> if it's a weird Christian cult or Judaism that says that you need to do this to your child because everyone else has done it, and if you don't do it, you'll be ostracized or excommunicated. Surely that plays a role in the
1: veracity of the circumcision. Yeah, but I think it plays a role because of the consequences. So it plays a role because the consequence of you not being circumcised is that you might be ostracized by your community. Right. Not the intention of your parents or the intention of the community. It's more about what will actually happen.
0: I mean, I I remember when I was at school, there uh, there was somebody and there was a rumor going around that he wasn't circumcised. I went to a Jewish school. And it was a terrible thing for him. He didn't prove us one way or the other by, you know, dropping his trousers and showing us. It was shameful. It was considered to be quite shameful. In the, uh, the Kosa culture, it's uh, men who haven't been circumcised are considered boy for the, for the rest of their life. And they are shamed
1: in front of the community. It's a necessary condition for becoming a full man in Kosa society. And it's a necessary condition for becoming a fully Jewish person in Jewish community, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, at least being socially accepted as as Jewish
0: mm-hmm. for for a man.
1: Yeah, so you might say that the consequences of not circumcising your child, if you exist in those communities and want your child to be raised in those communities, would be horrific. So that would still be a good reason, I think, for circumcising. Them. So circumcision would be a small cost to pay, so that one is not ostracized. I guess it depends what the cost is, right? So Jewish Jewish people traditionally use a mohel, uh, which is a trained Jewish um, practitioner who snips it off, but not in a, an operating theatre. And in the Kosa tradition, it's quite different. It's it's done at an older age in even less sanitary that's conditions. It's a, a rusty blade in the mountains. Yeah, and it's minus five. Yeah, and then I would start to evaluate consequences.
0: But the risk is important. Yeah. So you, you take you take a young of <clears throat> boy, you send him into the mountains, and it's cold or hot, depending. They usually do it in I think June or December, and Amongst other things in the ritual, like the, um, there's a lot of exposure to the elements, there's the uh, the blade to the foreskin, and there's the, the various privations, which make it a somewhat dangerous and very uncomfortable. Which makes sense. Thing. And it's important. Because it's, it's, it's,
1: it's to make you a man. Yeah. So I assume their concept of manliness or masculinity involves danger. Yes. And having survived this cut to your, your your most sensitive area, your there's, softest, yeah.
0: There's hazing. Hazing, right. <laughs> now, you could also argue that the societies that practice circ, uh, circumcision and that it's nec- the ritual involving circumcision is necessary for you to get a certain social status and respect are wicked and brutal societies. Yes. Well, I mean, I, th- I think we can
2: divorce the... The culture from the act itself, right? You can still have a good culture, who, but that has a bad act or two in it. And yeah. you can divorce the two, right? I don't, but um, you might say it's brutal in this way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But do you think there's a difference between, and I assume you do, between a six week, uh, in Judaism, it's six weeks.
0: No, it's eight days. sorry eight days? eight days to ensure that the child has uh, lived through at least one Sabbath.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And it
1: just so happens they say that on the eighth day the pain receptors are at their least sensitive or something. Which may like or that. may not be true. I don't,
0: Which I don't may know. may or may not be
2: true. Yeah. But is there a difference morally between
1: an eight day old baby and, say, a 15 year old boy? So there are obvious moral differences, and maybe this is what you're trying to get at with intention. So one of the moral differences is that, um, do you say a 13-year-old boy? Uh, or 15 or, or fifteen. 16. Okay. In COSA, it's, it's those ranges. So the older you are, the more likely you are to be able to give consent. Right. Um, and in order to give consent, in order to say, I allow this, you, you need a certain amount of cognitive ability, which uh, an eight-day-old doesn't have. hmm um, and so you might say, well, there's a problem with circumcising a 15-year-old who expressly does not give his consent, um, but there's not a problem with an eight-day-old because they're incapable of consenting or denying consent. In other words, they're not a being capable of consenting or denying consent either right. way, but a 15-year-old might be on the cusp.
2: Sure. But what if a culture says that a tattoo will need to be given to every newborn? On the forehead, would you apply the same principles to that? What's your view, Mark?
0: I think there's a difference. I think one of the differences is from a medical ethics point of view. When it comes to infants, there are parents and guardians who can give consent or withhold consent for certain medical procedures to have upon the children. Now, there's also considered an ethic behind that, which is that it has to be for medical reasons, So if a child is in some kind of danger, or if there's a a medical danger, or if there's a deformity that can be uh, addressed before it can even speak, let alone give consent, then a parent can intervene and say, Oh, doctor, please um, sew up the cleft palate, or uh, give it a blood transfusion, or cut off its foreskin. Now, does cutting off a foreskin fall under one of those medical procedures where there's an issue, a medical problem that mm-hmm. can be solved, that mm-hmm. consent can be given or not given for? Or is it more like a tattoo where there's no medical issue mm-hmm. and then a person is being mutilated permanently? Mm. So
1: you might, you might think of it as providing a moderate advantage to be circumcised. I'm not saying it's a massive advantage, and sure, you can wear condoms for the rest of your life and you can clean more carefully. And, and so the advantages conferred by, by circumcision might be conferred in other ways. But you are providing the child with a moderate advantage. So it's not as serious a disadvantage to have a foreskin as to have a cleft palate. But you might say it provides a moderate advantage. Now, there's other cases where we provide children with moderate advantages, babies and infants, by altering them
0: in certain ways. like Vaccination. Like vaccination, we alter their body chemistry. And that's Um, done without the child's consent. Correct. The parents decide, you know what, here's this little, this injection, this medical procedure, which I suppose is what inoculating a child is. And and it screams.
2: Uh, Yes, but I mean, there is direct and good evidence that vaccinations actually work. So but actually, yeah. it's saving the kid in the long run, or the adult in the long run. Uh,
1: circumcision, it's uh, contingent, right? Right. So, I mean, you correct. It's contingent on the evidence. There are studies that suggest that um, not having a foreskin puts you at low risk for certain conditions. But if that empirical evidence happens to be false, then that would take away an important reason for me um, when I consider whether or not I want to vaccinate my uh, child. Understood. So,
2: so it's a contingent on that evidence. So, so if circumcision had no health benefits whatsoever you wouldn't be you would be ambivalent
1: towards it I would no then I would say I wouldn't do it oh okay yeah um, for me the reason why I would circumcise a child is because of those moderate health benefits but I still think you get circumvent
2: that by just being A not a manhole not you specifically I'm just saying thanks Roman I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like people in general they, if the, the precautions
1: are there and available and widespread so but not yeah. really so I don't think this is an issue of promiscuity. People most at risk for getting um, HIV infections and for seroconversion are people in supposedly monogamous heterosexual relationships. And mean, the one partner does. Yeah. And, and you else. wouldn't say that heterosexual married people should be using condoms. That's not the general um, discourse that we have. Um, so even if you're in the most sanctified of all possible relationship structures, you are in fact, at the highest risk. And in those kind of cases, you might say, well, it, it would be beneficial if once, once upon a time I was circumcised.
0: There are drawbacks as well to circumcision that people claim there are. One is that sexual pleasure is reduced. That so, people with a foreskin, they, it's more pleasurable for them to have sex. And maybe that's why
2: circumcised people are more promiscuous. <laughs>
1: because they just every time they don't get fully satisfied exactly are they more I have no idea no I'm just I'm just making a joke so my understanding is that the evidence on this there's no good evidence either way Um, the only good evidence there is there's two types of evidence one is that they, they they take people who have had a foreskin get the chop and then don't have a foreskin and ask them what it was like before and after and I have asked people And what did they say?
0: They said that it's not much of a difference. Right. And they enjoy sex just as much before as afterwards. That's
1: my understanding. And then the second kind of evidence is you see how long it takes men to ejaculate. So so they've measured the time that it takes the average circumcised man versus uncircumcised man, and it's the same.
0: So, oh, really? Because I always thought it would be an advantage to be able to ejaculate sooner. That would make sex so much more efficient. (laughs) Right. As the joke... Goes premature for who? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but sorry, Jason, back to your point, though. So do you think there's a net benefit if every single boy child was circumcised? In
1: the long run, there's more utility for everyone. Yes. I think if it was a policy, I think it would right. be, have a better net effect than if the policy was don't circumcise. Wait,
0: them, you right? mean a policy that was... In- Enforced by either a a medical board or by the state in some way.
1: Yeah, I mean, here we're getting onto difficult questions, you know, whether the state should have any say in people's bodies, um, at least when it comes to non-essential operations on infants or non-consenting people um but i'm just saying if there was such a such a such a policy at least when it comes to sexual benefits and health benefits there would be positive gain
2: maybe something we could have researched i I didn't do it i must be honest is look at um rates of sexually transmitted diseases
1: in places where it is widely prescribed but there is there are already interesting studies done pre-post so um they go into a community where hiv is prevalent and they promote and promote and promote circumcision to the men. And in some of these communities, that promotion works and they go and get circumcised. And the rate of new HIV infections drops off to that. So you've got a pre-post study. And I think those are pretty convincing. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense in a way. And then also there's certain conditions which you can only get if you have a foreskin. So, for example, penile cancer is, it, it affects a certain kind of tissue. Mm-hmm. Certain, certain types of HPV affect a certain kind of tissue. Right. And you can't get those certain types of penile cancer if you don't have a foreskin.
0: The ancient okay. Greeks considered the body, its integrity to be really important. And they considered mutilation uh, from having earrings to having circumcision or so on to be uh, disgusting for that. It ruined mm. this this beautiful natural body that we had. And that could be a reason not to do it. I have a feeling Roman is sympathetic
2: to that view. Uh, no, not really. I, I just believe in, in autonomy. And it, it really depends on does a six-day-old infant have autonomy on his body right, On yeah. his body?
0: Well, the autonomy they? is interesting because I, there will be cultures where children get forced into circum, circumcision. And this isn't when they're infants. This is when they are capable of speech, when they're young adults. yes. And I think that might be okay. And the reason it might be okay is because at that age, their consent doesn't matter. And the reason their consent doesn't matter is because they aren't fully people. And the reason they aren't fully people is because they haven't been circumcised. They haven't been inducted (laughs) into that. And we we have this in our society as well, Mm -hmm. which is when uh, until you reach a certain age, And undergone certain rituals, you can't sign certain kinds of contracts or enter into certain kinds of agreements or perform certain activities such as you can't drink or you can't vote because you're not able to consent at that point. We also have Mm. laws about uh, statutory rape, which isn't the same as rape. I was about to bring up rape. Yeah. Mm. And the idea is that, you know, there's a person of a very young age where they're not able to consent or withhold consent with respect to sex. So they're not, they don't have consent powers. And in that sense, somebody else takes care of it for them. In the case state of, in the case of uh, consensual rape, uh, it's, the default is that you're not allowed to have sex with them because they can't consent. When it comes to certain contracts, the idea is they can't enter into those contracts because they're not able to consent. Then when it comes to circumcision, it's the same. It's um, some other authority decides for them. But the decision goes the opposite way in this case,
1: So, and, and the question is why. So in the case of circumcision, the decision is, okay, we're going to circumcise. Yes. But in the case of sex, it's the default is you shouldn't have sex Correct. with an underage.
0: But I think the thing that's the same in those is the idea is that the child or young adult doesn't have the status of person to the degree – that they can consent or not to consent right. to certain things. Sure, and I'd agree with that. The question is, which way should the default go? Uh, that is very interesting. So do you think that the authority should say, hold on, this baby or this this youngster can't consent, so you can't decide for them to circumcise them? Yeah, um, well, no, I mean... I. I don't think
1: that. Okay. Um, I don't think that should be the default.
0: You think the default should be that you circumcise uh, them without the consent they can't give or withhold? Yeah, because I think I
1: think the point is that when you're dealing with someone who can't consent because they're incapable, they're too young, I think consent goes out the issue. Yeah, it goes interest. out the window.
0: Best interest should
1: be the thing. Best interests and consequences. So best interests um, cashed out in terms of consequences.
0: But it is the case that that person, even though they're not a person to the degree that they can consent, would eventually arrive at the point at which they can consent or withhold consent. Right. Why not just hold off on any decision until that point? Basically until a child has grown up, until they can decide for themselves. Because because we do that for other laws as well, right? If you kill a baby or a
2: 30-year-old adult, you still commit murder. It doesn't matter who the victim is, as long as it's a human being and you intentionally killed something, it's murder. So why is it different? Just Because people have fewer, can you say, legal rights due to mm-hmm. their age or certain conditions.
0: They're still a person. Well, one of the things I was very careful of saying earlier was not a person to the degree that they can consent. Yes. So they're a person to the degree that they have certain rights. These could okay. be the rights to life and or so So like. let's just extrapolate that.
2: For so someone who has who's not a person to the degree of being another of. A full person, so to speak. Should we circumcise people with uh, mental deformities? It depends on the deformity. If they are unable to
1: consent. Down syndrome, for example. And how's this? You've got... Or somebody in a coma. Yeah. You're about to perform an operation on a child, Mm -hmm. and uh, you're meddling around in their stomach, and it just so happens to be by the appendix, right? It's non-essential to get rid of it. It might help the child later if they one day would suffer appendicitis. And often when they go in, they'll just take out the appendix at the same
0: time. It feels like that's the same kind of category. Interestingly, with appendices, if somebody goes in for surgery for for appendicitis and they find out that there actually isn't a problem with the appendix and that it's perfectly fine and they were mistaken about there being appendicitis. They'll take it out anyway. They'll take it out anyway. Yes. Uh, The reason for that isn't to prevent possible future appendicitis, but it's for the reason that there's a scar left behind, that any doctor who looks at that scar will know that there isn't an appendix in there. But I do think, as well, in that case, the, the patient
2: intentionally went there to take out the appendix because they mm. th- they were mistaken. Yes. Mm. Mm.
1: If you go in to amputate your right leg and it's say, oh, <laughs> is it the left or the right? Let's just take the left. <laughs> That's a whole different scenario. But then scenario. What, what do you think about the case of the child who can't consent, who has gone in for surgery on his stomach and then the surgeon decides to just take out the appendix at the same time while he's in there? Why would they want to do that? I it mean, is standard practice. Because it's standard there, is practice. The, there
0: is the possibility that there will be appendicitis later yeah. on. The other thing is, if they don't take it out, uh, there might still be the kind of scar that is a sign of an appendectomy. And misleads them into thinking yeah. that they've had it out. Exactly. right.
1: I mean, if, I mean those are, are fairly compelling reasons to, to do that. Mm. So I, mean, they, I do they, understand that. They prevent situations which, in all likelihood, will not occur. And is it he?
0: involves mutilation of the body with Correct. 100%. Correct. See, I, knew, I knew
2: it. I knew it when I said... That's compelling reasons. I need you to bring it back to you. You're
1: destroying all my arguments. (laughs) This is why this podcast is called Unconvinced. (laughs) So I want to return to a point that Mark made earlier. Um, And it seems to to be coming up in this discourse, even though Ramon denies holding this view. I think he does. And and the view is that the human body is somehow complete or whole until it's
0: altered. Right. And that, that completeness or wholeness is a good thing. Well... That's interesting because for the completeness or wholeness to be a good thing it doesn't mean you're necessarily better off being complete or whole. It's kind of separate from its utility. Okay, so you mean it's an independent value.
1: Yes. It's good that it's whole or complete in itself. Yeah, like regardless of the u- of the utility involved.
0: I mean, there are people who are transhumanists who would like the idea of altering the body in various ways, right. turning cyborg. it into a cyborg, augmenting it, yes. which would be changing its uh, natural state. Okay. And I think for the better. So here's a question. Do you think the human body is perfect?
1: Provided it's born without any um, geni- um, congenital issues or genetic d- deformities. No, Do you it's, think,
0: no, it's not perfect. Or no. that it's in, at least that
2: its integrity has value. Does it have value? Um... No, it's, a, it's not a question of, of the body itself. It's a question of what people, sh- what should be done to a person
1: without their consent. That, that's How about why. the dentist? Yes, what about him? So children do not like going to the dentist. No one likes going to the dentist. <laughs> no one does, but children in particular do not like going to the dentist. Right. And, uh, and you send them anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So Roman is about to become a dad. And would you send your child to the dentist? Even kicking and screaming, you'd send this kid well, to the dentist? Well, if it assists a kid in some way, yes. Okay. I mean, if there's a, an, an ailment or an issue. Um, but the thing is that this child, if you don't send him to the dentist, will be untouched Right, at least right. in his mouth. So he 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 will be whole, or complete, or like um, yes. unmarred. But that's my argument's not about
2: that. My argument, I, I, the body is not perfect by any means. It's a product of evolution. So and surely it's okay
1: to then alter well, it. Abs- absolutely, but ideally with the consent of the person, altering it. Ideally, but with kids, we don't have that either way. Unless we have a time machine, we could go forward in time,
0: check whether he consents, go back, and then. Now, many people who believe in the integrity of the body as being something that uh, has value, they will still allow alterations for good enough reason, such as medical issues. And they they just might not consider circumcision to be a good enough reason. Or what about other things that
2: that are purely cultural? So when the bound feet, for example... Hmm. Um, I can't remember. It was somewhere in Asia. China, Chinese women. Bind, Chinese yeah. women, foot yeah. binding. So they actually crushed the bones in the feet, in yeah. the feet from, from very early on. I find right. it really hot.
0: I mean, <laughs> very. there is nothing surprising <laughs> than think a, think a woman can... with tiny, dainty little feet. <laughs> they're not they're dainty. Like they're could... folded onto each other. they folded <laughs> under each they're other. They're like flippers, man. <laughs> no, they're not. See, in mm. our society, we have our woman. Walking around with land flippers, <laughs> flopping all over the place, <laughs> slapping their appendages all over the ground when they're trying to get from here to there.
1: Whereas in China, they're doing it right.
0: It's demure,
1: it's <laughs> modest. <laughs> so if you take something like, like foot binding, which serves
2: no purpose other than cultural, would you have the same opinion on but binding no because there's no real utility the, to there's it. no utility involved I'm assuming what about social utility
1: can there be social utility yeah that's well, what's my next or cultural utility yeah so I mean if I had a child I would not I would circumcise them because of health benefits but I wouldn't raise a my child, child a male child yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yes let be, yeah Let's let, let, be true in our yeah, sexism please <laughs> <laughs> female child you yeah. circumcised. circumcise <laughs> no, w- we will definitely <laughs> because patriarchy right <laughs> because patriarchy yeah. so so I okay. So if I raised a child, it wouldn't be raised in a Jewish way, and so there would be no social utility in in circumcising it. But if I were to raise a child in um, in a Jewish in a Jewish setup and I went to a Jewish school, etc., I wouldn't want them to suffer the same kind of experiences as Mark's friend at school. Um, and and now the question is which which is more important the social utility or the pain involved in folding these feet in on themselves? What do you think, Mark? Do you think social utility is that important? I
0: think I really think it is.
1: You think it's more important than the
0: pain that these girls go through and the deformities that they have to suffer? It can be. Uh, it, it depends on society. Uh, you'd have to look at it from community to community. Now, Jason, aside from. The obvious consequence that it will ruin our friendship. Do you think it would be wrong for us to hold down (laughs) for Roman and circumcise him without his consent? Yes,
1: I do. I do think it would be wrong. I mean, firstly, Roman's not going to gain any social utility from us doing this. It could be another podcast topic. We could actually do it on the podcast live. (laughs) (laughs) We might ruin your equipment, Mark, but your recording equipment, but but, (laughs) it are make an amazing podcast. All right.
0: Give me the knife you hold (laughs) (laughs) down.
1: so, I mean, it's very interesting. I think that it would have negative utility going yeah. forward, right? Firstly, it would ruin our friendship with Roman. The podcast would end and our listeners would be terribly <laughs> disappointed. And, um, yeah, I think, secondly, Roman would undergo much more pain than the benefit he would gain. Right. right. Well, yeah. I don't think there would be any benefit whatsoever. To you. There well, could potentially me, be benefit. Some. Yeah. Yep. But but overall, there'd be but negative not, utility. But not evident benefit that I can foresee. Yeah.
0: No, I, I can't think of any... Uh, besides, you two, two could
2: knock me down anyway. Are you? No, we
1: that's,
0: that's Roman awesome. is a strapping man. Yes. Now, uh, Roman, are you curious to know what it would feel like to be circumcised? No, not in the slightest. It, it, wow. hasn't,
2: it hasn't crossed my mind until we...
0: So that's an advantage you have, is you can later on in your life get circumcised and know what it's like. And experience both. both. Yeah. I don't think there is much.
1: How curious
2: which, would you which, be? Which, no, none. <laughs> which does negate my argument a little bit, right? Because I don't think I don't think circumcision is more well, male circumcision is a massive issue. Though I do think the social utility is a bit overblown because it's social constructs, right? It's as important as we make them to be, mm-hmm. and the health benefits are inconsequential when there are other useful
1: aids to help with that as well. Right. So you're changing your mind. No, none slightest. <laughs> <laughs> I just repeated my claims from the beginning. Okay, so okay, so you think that the social utility is not, is not that high. Well, that's what you make of it. Well, not really. I mean, you can't choose, at least when you're young, whether or not you're going to be in a certain community. Um, right, but I mean, your parents can. That's what I'm saying.
2: Your parents if, if, can, If have, they yeah. buy into that, uh, that culture or that religion, yeah, you're a bit screwed as a, as a baby. And you. They could refuse to do so as well in the same community. Okay. But maybe not live in a community.
0: We could also consider the, uh, the spiritual aspect of it, whereas you become spiritually purified and uplifted by having your foreskin cut off. No. <laughs> <laughs> because, Ramon, I mean, I know that you come from a family of which some of them are Catholics. And and they perform a ritual drowning of their infants. They do. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems a bit more dangerous. Exactly. And (laughs) and they do that because it gives them a different spiritual status.
1: No lasting health benefits. It's purely for the spiritual...
0: they can no longer receive curses from witches. they are no longer trolls hunting <laughs> them or changelings <laughs> invading their homes. Sounds the boring.
2: Satan whispering on mm. their shoulders.
0: Exactly. Right. I mean, these are, you, you want to avoid the risks of being unbaptized. <laughs> okay. So uh, do you think circumcision
1: played the same role? Well, the question is, do you, no. should, would you baptize, baptize your child? No. What if you were quite religious? Do you think or, it's okay yes. to baptize your child? Uh, yes it's okay it's, it's stupid you can drown them could, in could exchange for spiritual benefits could you though well you don't drown them. you don't
2: dunk them in a bucket of water you pour some from a jug on their forehead or something waterboarding <laughs> <laughs> they actually, don't even have any secrets at that
1: age. I've
0: attended so many waterboarding uh, sessions without, without realizing, <laughs> and uh, it's not really that—it's tro- not that traumatic to the child. But, but what if it was? And it's not permanent. But
1: what if it was? What if what if you had to waterboard your child for spiritual, I don't for know, spiritual I, I With saying. acid.
0: So it left the lasting <laughs> no, then a lasting effect.
2: It's a nasty superstition that should be—we um, should evolve out
1: of. Same yes. with Division, I think. Well, there's two different questions. The one is right. should we evolve out of it as a culture? Answer yes, agreed. But the more interesting okay, question sorry, is, sorry, is my uh, uh, acid waterboarding. waterboarding. Okay, yeah. acid waterboarding, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so then, yes, agreed, we should evolve out of it. Right. Okay, as I think we should evolve out of female genital mutilation or, or in China, strapping women's feet, even though poor Mark will, will be deprived of many, many pleasurable experiences. Um, but but the, the, the more important question, the more difficult question is, given that you live in a society where these things do happen, Let's say you're a Chinese parent and you have a child and you have a daughter and you have to decide whether or not to strap her feet. Or you exist in a society where they waterboard with acid um, for spiritual reasons. The question is then, given that you live in the society and it's not going to change during your lifetime or during your child's lifetime, should you still do it?
2: No, you shouldn't, but I do understand if you do. If you
0: coerce to do it... Well, you're think, not coerced. I think you ought to. I think you that, ought to. I think you ought to, because <laughs> I really don't care much about... I don't think children can consent or not consent. I do think it matters whether you do something to a child that's going to have a lifelong effect, including physical But why, Mark? If the society thinks it's good, then? But I also think that it is outweighed by the social aspect to it. It's no, important there's, to there's, it. there's an acceptance. It has to do with the kind and degree. And I think with circumcision... Uh, there are cultures and communities where it is of the kind and degree that it does most of the work in making it okay and in fact perhaps obligatory
1: so you know to what the philosopher's gonna ask size. what's
0: the kind and the degree yeah. that matters. So <laughs> they Nick or a scoop, <laughs> depends scoop. On the so <laughs> I think with the, in the Kosa and uh, Jewish cultures where you find yourself in a community that is pretty strict about it and in which it, it ends up having a big effect to the status of the man who's circumcised, then go ahead and do it. I think okay. it makes a significant difference. So to summarize Jace's argument, the consequences
2: of circumcision are great social utility, moderate, moderate, moderate yeah. social utility, moderate health benefits, and the baby doesn't really feel pain or remember it. So there's no real harm done mm. at the end of the day. Mm. So overall
1: positive, moderate utility. Right.
0: Uh, personally, I... I'm not particularly resentful about that irreversible mutilation that was performed upon me when I was an infant without my consent. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem to do so to children. In fact, even I think that even if they were just doing it willingly, so to speak, <laughs> even if it was merely just a standard custom done in hospitals to children who were born and no thought was put into it, I don't think that would be a problem. I don't think it's a big enough issue, Circumcision, one way or another. It's not a problem to be circumcised or to be uncircumcised, nor to do it or refrain from doing it to children. And if I
1: understand correctly, Roman's view is that it is problematic. It is, it is
2: problematic in a sense that uh, I think the social utility... Um, I can explain
1: is... I think your point was that the social utility isn't that big a deal because it's just constructed through social norms, which will change over time, perhaps. It's not really that big a deal. Maybe they should change. Yeah, they should change. They should evolve, (laughs) arguably. And
2: uh, I think autonomy is a big deal. Hmm. I really do. Consent for you is important. Consent is important, unless... It's a life or death situation, and you have to extract a rotting tooth from a three-year-old. But I think, yeah, I think autonomy is, is important. And that, good
0: listeners, is the reason why you won't have the pleasure of hearing us holding down Roman. <laughs> <laughs> His screams and wails as we circumcise him without consent. <laughs> Not even in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an episode of Unconvinced, with Mark Ryan-Reese, Jason Werbeloff, and Roman Kabanak.